Well, David and I have been here for the last 45 minutes. Uh, we're here to talk about one movie, but we decided to talk about the Star Wars franchise for uh, for kind of a while. Yeah, we diverged a bit. Yeah. Uh, kind of like how you would diverge from the main story in The Last Jedi for like 30, 45 minutes. It's kind of what we did. It's <laughs> exactly what we did. <laughs> but now we're back to talk about we're, yeah. real movies. <laughs> we're going to we're going to dial the way back machine. <laughs> You got it. You got, got it. it. I'm, I'm punch in nine, two, four, one, nine, nine, three. Okay. There we go. Ah, here we are. It's <laughs> reconcination. And I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. We 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 love doing the show for you guys. We're looking at movies from our youth from the 70s 80s and 90s and checking out if they hold up today as well as they did when they first came out and seeing how we think about them now it's uh it's something we love to do together and separately but mostly together and we're glad you're along for the ride i don't even talk about movies when i'm not with david (laughs) oh really yeah you don't don't? i talk about movies to everyone (laughs) all the time people on the bus on the bus. Uh, the guy at Subway. Uh, Subman? Sandwich Man? Sandwich Man, yeah. yeah. I was like, did you see that latest hot movie? And he's like, I did. And I'm like, great, me too. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but with you, I reserve just for movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. So I only talk hot movies with the Subway guy. We're probably going to put a podcast together. <laughs> it's hot movies with... Chomper on the Sandwich Man. There you go. <laughs> but... Um, but uh, it's now that we're back here, I just want to say quick thanks, of course, to Curtis Moore for our lovely uh, poster for yeah, this episode. I, I really felt like I was in it again. Yeah. It's like Young Guns. That <laughs> that was a great day when we shot that. Absolutely. We're, we feel <laughs> part of it. And, of course, to E.K. Wimmer, who composed our amazing theme song at ekwimmer.com. Thank you so much. Uh, you make us sound great. Yeah. Before we dive into the show, let's just set the, set the scene. 1993. Okay. Uh, what was what was happening? What was it, what happened this week in history? This week in history? Yeah, in nineteen 19- a, a new segment. In, in any time? Any time? Any time? Just just mean? like what what in general? Uh, off the top of my head, I mean, if I'm thinking this week, just uh, well, I think you know what the Munsters probably premiered back in '64. I think. you're you're you nailed it exactly. Oh yeah. You've been you've been working the, this way back machine. Yeah. Well, it, a lot of data is coming through, but I, yeah. that one I knew off the top of my head. You're a big Monsters fan. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Monst- I'm a Munsthead. Uh, not only that, uh, 1968, a big political year. 60 Minutes premiered. Oh, TikTok baby. Which TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think also Nirvana released. Uh, Nevermind. In yes, 91, 91. 92, yeah, 91. 91, so, oh man, what a great fall yeah. that was for all the kids yeah. in 91. And it's fun, the grunge movement is still happening sure. at this point in time. I mean, I think it's kind of taking off, right? Yeah, grunge was... It's leaking out of... Seattle grunge was like 91 to what, 94? 94, 95, maybe? Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I think, I think 95 it had kind of... Yeah. Maybe it was still around, but... Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the music where the music world was, and and of course this movie has uh, a lot to do with music, a lot of tunes, a lot, lot of tunes. Hot tunes, yeah. And all the way in two thousand seven, mm. 
my favorite show, The Big Bang Theory, premiered. Hey! Yay! Hey, buzzing. Can you sense the sarcasm? Oh, you don't like it? No. That first season's all right. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know, it's funny. Everyone uh, craps on that show, and they say the bazinga is just the catchphrase. I watched that first three seasons. He stopped saying that catchphrase after a certain point. I don't know why we're all bazingaing out. Yeah. Although I, I haven't watched it now in years. I don't think they brought it back. I don't. He was saying that word every yeah. day. It's in every I article. Your, I take your word for it. I just, I, uh, everyone's talking about how now it's the last season of Big Bang. We've made it. Yeah. 12 years. Yay. All right. Congratulations. Uh, mind-blowing show. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's this week in history. That is. And uh, let's let's dive right in. Have a listen. Benny, you're getting air from there, man. It's no good. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, come on. It was the first day of summer vacation. You guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. Oh, that's this you thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. You going to be quarterback next year? I don't know. I might not even play. You're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Super dominant male in a 50s greaser uniform. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. (laughs) The 50s were boring. The 60s rocked. The 70s, oh my god, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused, see it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, a hip, hip lady, man. And that's going to wrap the show up this week, guys. Hope oh, you enjoyed it. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week. Or <laughs> two weeks. Uh, no, this... I uh, have a very special relationship with this movie. What's this movie called? Uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, from 1993? 1993's Dazed and Confused. It's uh, it's a special movie to me. I have a lot of great memories that are sort of tied tied in with watching it mm. along with the movie itself. Oh, I see. Uh, I, I have a fondness for it on multiple levels. Uh, it, and this movie, I don't, to me... There's not. There's, this movie isn't about plot. It's not. There. There no. is no plot to this movie. No. It's. It follows along the lines of American Graffiti, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There's a strong connection to both of those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not about. You know, this happens, then this happens, and the characters move here, and this is driving the story. That that's not this movie at all. No. That's not what. That's often. That's not what Richard Linkletter, the director does in any of his movies very few of them yeah he's presenting a day a very specific day in the lives of all these uh different kids uh from high school Mm -hmm. and what happens on their day and it's not 
a giant adventure story. There's no giant real arcs. Arc. Yeah, there's no, no changes. Like this is this is just what happens when all these guys get together on the last day of school. Yeah, and uh, it's an interesting look uh, at a, a very a colorful uh, like group of kids. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the definition of a slice of life movie. I mean, his yeah. goal was to his goal was to have it feel like if you just took cameras and microphones and just put them in 1976 in the middle of a high school mm-hmm. this is what this is what you'd find yes and so then... it's not about it's not about all those plot devices and elements it's about the way you feel mm-hmm. that's the whole the whole point of the movie was to it's it's about your senses your sense memory Mm-hmm. And putting you mentally in a certain place, and and have achieving the feeling of being there, not the actual story. There's something that it's in. I think all of his films where he's elicit. There's he's eliciting a feeling you once had that some scene, some shot, some piece of dialogue, and how those characters are interacting. And there's a moment where you're like, you feel it, but. It, it it doesn't it's not exactly how it went in your real life mm-hmm. you may not even be able to remember when you felt that feeling and that's uh that's something really commendable for him as a filmmaker uh, instead of telling an individual story he's trying to tell sort of like a story of humanity obviously like american teenage humanity mm-hmm. but um something that would resonate with um with a lot of white americans for sure yeah well i mean isn't that the ultimate goal of films to make you feel to move you and make you feel a certain way well sure yeah. really i mean yeah that's what uh, maybe not for the popcorn movies but i feel a lot of popcorn <laughs> you feel a lot of feelings but <laughs> uh but you know for the real storytellers like yeah. that's their i think the ultimate goal mm-hmm. and he's been able to do that new you know a few times in his career um but it's that's hard i mean it's that's a really hard thing to do there's so many making a movie in general is hard sure especially a, a studio film there's there's so many obstacles and now with the legal side of things that are you know really involved with projects that oh. it, it's it's hard to for a director uh, or and a writer to get their creative message out there you know from what their what their project started as to mm-hmm. what the final product is it's it's very rare that you get that all the way through yeah, no, it's the, the typical thing that says in Hollywood, like the story the writer tells is di- much different than the story the director wants to tell, which is different than the story the studio lets them tell, mm-hmm. basically along those lines. So for Linkletter to be able to basically hit everything he needed to do, yeah, uh, I would assume, because it seems like a very, it seems like a very Linkletter film. Well, it, it is. I mean, yeah. it's kind of the ultimate. Yeah. I mean, you could argue boyhood and a couple of the others but sure. but they all have these things in common that they're they're trying to tap into real reality and yeah. real life yeah. and real emotions and feelings mm-hmm. um but uh and when you have a a writer director who's got a, a project that's really personal and they're passionate about like this was for him i mean he was very clear and and you know intense about this is he has one vision for this mm-hmm. and you know in the casting process they were they were trying to push like Brendan Fraser on him 
Right. And this is like around Encino Man, Brendan Fraser, uh, okay. Fraser, however you say his name. So he was so Brendan Fraser, huge name. Yeah. Big big star, more or less. And he just you know he had to battle Universal, and we'll talk more about that in the show. But he had to battle Universal to really like get his vision uh, through. They would have, I mean, they would have made it a Brendan Fraser movie, and it would have, mm-hmm. you know, if you're familiar with his work uh, from the 90s, like, you, you know what it would have become, mm-hmm. which is probably, and Linkletter would have probably backed out of the movie. Yeah. Or they would have so. fired him and replaced him with whoever directed Encino Man, or, you know, um, it, it, but it's hard. So it's hard to fight for what you, what you believe in. And uh, he did an amazing job at it. Yeah. Well, what did he start with well or and and the whole chuck klosterman who's a writer for espn and a a music writer Mm kind of nailed it when he said memory is a mixture of what really happened what you think happened and what you wish had happened Mm, yeah yeah and that's i think what is really going on in this movie that this isn't exactly what happened with link letter right in his youth and it it is a mixture of those things. It's when he was making it, what he wished he had done, what had really happened, what he thinks he remembered happened, and that's um, you know getting into like my connection with the movie. And when I watched it, I, I have the same the same the exact same thing happening. Hmm. Um, but just going back to the way a movie makes you feel, this is one of the one of the few movies that I have a really intense feeling like the second it comes on when sweet emotion kicks in and you see the, you know, the car driving through the parking lot. I, you know, when I rewatch movie, you know, you've seen it a bunch of times and it's, you don't always have to completely focus on it, but Mm -hmm. this one, I just get sucked right into it. Hmm. And I have, I saw this movie twice and I saw it in 1994 with my friend, Justin and we were just we were hanging around one afternoon, and we went to Camel Video, mm-hmm. and rented a couple of laser discs. There's that word again. Yeah. <laughs> we rented. Uh, it was one of those days that like I, I couldn't figure out what to get. We couldn't agree on anything, so he picked both movies, and he got we got Money for Nothing with John Cusack yeah. and Days and Confused. Wow. And I disliked both of them. Oh wow! I was. Just, I mean, Money for Nothing is just not uh, a, the greatest movie mm-hmm. and not at a really great period in Cusack's career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Days Confused, I think you have to be in the right place to watch it, to really, to feel it. Um, if you're seeing it for the first time as an adult, you may not feel that way. And I think when I, when I saw it the first time, I was just a little too young, like a year or two uh, younger than you should be, ideally, right. when you see this movie for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just did nothing for me. I was not interested in it. Fast forward, I think three, yeah, not I think, but fast forward just under three years later to the summer of 97, which was. Oh, you just got out of high school. Right? Yeah, graduated. Oh, okay. It was ex- the exact same time that the characters. Are in are in the film, yeah. Uh, which I think is the perfect time to really embrace that movie because you're really, you can really just psychologically you're on the same page with these characters. Sure, it's a well because it's the story of a mix of seniors and kids becoming seniors and kids 
uh, becoming freshmen in this community in Texas. I'm assuming it's supposed to be it's just a small town, probably outside yeah, of Austin. Outside of Austin. It, yeah. All of Linkletter's stuff is pretty much set in or around Austin. Yeah, so th- it's a very specific mix. So you get a, you get a, a little bit of insight in, into how these like 14-year-old boys and girls and how these 17, 18-year-old boys and girls are interacting with each other and and having that last day of or having that sort of first day of true freedom, what feels like freedom yeah. when you're that age. Um, you know, like they know that when they go back in the fall, the scene, they're going to be the older kids are going to be seniors. They're going to be the Kings of the school. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in charge and they get to beat up or, you know, they get to hold that hierarchy over these freshmen. But, and while they do these hazing rituals, which are uh, uh, of its, of its own time, um, they also welcome them into into their their folds. Yeah, and it's kind of a fun little, um, a fun little way to mix them all together. And, and then they end up in the same. They go to the same drive-in uh, restaurant, and they go to the same uh, billiard place, mm-hmm. and then they go to the same party. And it's just a nice mix uh, of these guys. Yeah, and I mean, there, like we said, there there isn't really a plot. I mean, there is. There is a, a story of, of Randall Pink Floyd, and he's... Yeah. Uh, so they're juniors who are now going to become seniors. Yeah. Uh, they He's on the football team. They've all, all the players have signed a pledge to basically behave over the summer yeah. and not get in trouble and commit to the football team. And he hasn't... He's the only one who hasn't signed that and is going back and forth about whether he's going to sign it. And, and throughout the film, you've got different characters who are nobody's well, most of them aren't really trying to force him to sign it. A couple of them really want him to, but at the end of the day, it's, it's really, it's his call. And that's part of his theme of like what he's going to do with his life. Yeah. And that's, that's a question everyone in your last year of school or just getting out of school you're going to be answering like what is his role this skinny uh jason london uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) who's the quarterback i think he weighs a buck and a quarter soaking wet uh he's this you know he's the it is high school though so no i understand (laughs) he doesn't even have an arm though he doesn't he's got a skinny how do you know he wears a short sleeve t-shirt. Maybe Jason London doesn't, but maybe mm-hmm. Randall Pink Floyd does. I'm sure he's got a gun. He's got a real gun under there. <laughs> but uh, he, that's the thing. All these kids are in various points in their life, but also in their high school career and how they perceive high school and their place in it. And some, accept, some accept their place uh, as the role, as the sort of the, the beta. Mm-hmm. And some are already alphas. But, but Jason London or Floyd... Uh, pink is um he's not satisfied necessarily mm-hmm. being that he uh, he doesn't he struggles with defining himself that way but he gets to still do all the fun stuff with all of his friends and seeing his other jock friends but then he's he, he hangs out with the burnouts and he hangs out with the freshmen and yeah he's, he's touching everyone's lives just a little bit he's and and he he doesn't come to a clean conclusion other than well, he does. I mean, yeah, he does. He ultimately resigns to not sign it. Correct. He'll never sign it. So whether he plays ball or not, you know, he he does make that decision. Yeah, it's kind of powerful. Yeah. Um, well, and we'll come. I think we'll come back to that the ending of the film in a little bit. But yeah, he's a, it's a great. It's a really important character that he is. Rather than a plot device, his character is 
his and Wiley Wiggins character mm-hmm. are used as through lines to connect all the different characters. Cause yes. really pink is, is he's a guy and there's guys that I'm sure many of us went to school with who, who, especially at the end of your high school life are kind of bouncing in and out of different social groups in school. And, yeah. you know, they are friends with the nerds now and they're friends with the jocks and they're friends with the stoner kids and, yeah. you know, girls, guys, like they're kind of in the middle. Yeah. Like pink is, he's not a jerk. He's, he's a no. good guy. I mean, really like yeah. he's, he's a pretty decent kid and not perfect, but uh, no. you know, I think they did, they did a really awesome job with that character. Yeah, and I think they give even the pe- everyone fitting into their own stereotypes, you know, or their their cliques and all that. You know, everyone's not. There's no exaggeration. Like they're all just there's certain groupings. It makes sense why they're friends. Do you understand mm-hmm. that they have those relationships together? And you know, so even the 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 jock uh, ball players aren't aren't like stereotypical like jock bullies and the nerds or the smart kids aren't like the super nerd outcasts mm-hmm. and uh but they all exhibit their 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 qualities that are part of the archetype mm-hmm. and um it, so every character is real you you can recognize oh yeah all of those characters and people you grew up with yeah um it, so it, it and that's another sign of how this like growing up in america this humanity being a teenager there's something universal to to that experience mm-hmm. that you can find that it, in a, whether it's in a moment or whether it's in a night or if it's a, a person um, that's, that's sort of what we're, we tackle with uh, yeah. link letters in the films. Yeah. And I think, you know, he really achieved his goal with the film and making in getting people to connect with it because so many people can see friends of theirs or people they went to high school in some of these characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my friend Jeremy like is Don, like oh, yeah. he's exactly that guy or he was back then. Sure, sure. I had a friend Amos who was exactly like um Slater. <laughs> uh and and my group of friends and part of why I connected with this is because my senior year as we got through the, in the second half of senior year there was a real bond that that connected everybody. Like everyone dropped started dropping the stereotypes and dropping like the um issues that they've had who hated who for however long for whatever stupid reason yeah and as we got to graduation pretty much everybody was like friends yeah. uh, and and it's having just had my 20th reunion it still holds true today and and we like everyone just dropped a lot of that stuff i mean not everybody but but for the most part and we went into that summer of 97 uh, doing the same things that that's happening here uh, I remember, you know, the last days of school and that feeling in the opening part of the movie of that just anticipation and just re- like you're just ready to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody feels that at the end of a school year that, you know, yeah. it's you can feel summer. It's right at the door. You're ready to, you know, freedom is right there and, and it's taking forever to just wrap school up and get it out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think they did a great job with that. Um we when I saw this film the second time, I had a big kind of click of friends. It was me and uh, three other guys. That's couple a huge, huge click. Well, you, just kidding. Just stop it. David. I'm sorry. Finish your sentence. Uh, three Thank other you. guys and these and five girls who were actually the oh. year <laughs> the year behind us. So they were they were becoming oh. seniors and we were graduating. Got it. And we were. Uh, 
just we were together all the time. Yeah. And we were that group that floated between the jocks and the, the nerds and the stoner guys. And we were friends with people in all those groups. And everyone was just kind of hanging out together. Yeah. And just driving around, looking for the party every, you know, every, I don't know if it was every night. It feels every, like it was every night, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Every I weekend, was just, probably. Yeah, it was, it was every weekend there was a different party or two. And uh, trying to get, you know, everyone's trying to get beer and mm-hmm. liquor and get whatever they could. And, and it was just, it was one of the most fun summers of my life. It was, it was we had a great time for like three months until we all started leaving one by one and we we had we all ended up we went to uh one party at my friend jackie's house Mm -hmm. and we ended up uh at uh at one house and we all slept over and crashed and we were all like kind of camped out in the in the den and in the morning and i had i had brought days and confused over someone recommended it again to me and i had it and i brought it over and in the morning when we woke up we watched it like before we got up and had breakfast, we were all just kind of laying there and it was, we all just kind of bonded with the movie. Cause like, this is our life right now, yeah, yeah. even though it's 1997 mm-hmm. uh, and it's 76 in the movie, it didn't matter. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the costumes and, and the music were, it didn't matter that they were a different era. It was the same vibe and the same feeling and going through the same exact, um, you know motions that they were going through Mm -hmm. so yeah we just i just really really connected with it and it was the sad part was that was one of the last times we were all together before we all started leaving one by one for college yeah so it like bonded and was kind of like a nice wow you know period for that that summer that year pretty much for that group of friends because you never you know once you lose that uh that connection I mean, we were all separating. It's hard. It's hard to get that back. And when when we came back the next summer, it was, you know, it wasn't the same. It was different. It yep. was, yeah, you've changed. Yeah, you, everyone's moved on in one way or another. Yeah. So. Yeah, you celebrate the end of of that thing you went through together, and you you have all those experiences as, as friends, as a group, and then you all separate and have gigantic new adventures with people that those other people aren't going to meet and yeah. be with and. You're just changed after freshman year of college. It just happens. Right. And you either accept that or you kind of lament it or you just, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't fight the, the future, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I mean, I was the one out of my group of friends. I went the furthest. I mean, everyone was in the New York area. Well, one friend, Pat, went to uh, South Carolina, but... I went to New Mexico, so mm-hmm. I went almost all the way across the country mm-hmm. to the desert. You know, that couldn't be more opposite from where we were in New York. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I went and found all new friends who, who some of which listen to this show. Mm. Uh, they sound cool. <laughs> they are cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and, and you create new friends, and when you come back, that energy has just changed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we still our group still spent time together for – a year, year and a half, and then it just it really started to fizzle apart. And yeah. and now most of you know uh, the guys all talk to each other. We talk to one of one of the girls. The others are all kind of doing their own thing. And we, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen them in years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you'll always have those 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 times together. Yeah, that's pretty great. 
But I felt like, you know, the last shot of the movie where they're they're driving off into the and you don't know where they're going. Right. That's kind of like how I felt when I when I left my house and uh, a bunch of my whoever was left really uh, that, that hadn't gone to school yet. And the girls who were still in high school had all come over to say goodbye to me and kind of see me off. We were all doing that for each other and and everybody's crying and it's a big, you know, everyone's in kind of a emotional basket case and trying my best not to cry, you know, <laughs> and uh, driving away and getting on the freeway and the whole thing. Like, I don't know where I'm going or what, what yeah. I'm really doing here. Like I'm going across the country, How exciting. like to the middle of nowhere with nobody, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's a huge thing. Yeah. You, they must've looked at you like, Holy shit. Look at this guy. Oh, they idolized me. I mean, <laughs> they, come on. They looked up to you and it, it helps because you're eight foot tall and they're all uh, yeah. under five. So they're eight they're foot already... tall, 200 and, 35 pounds of yeah. pure muscle. That's me. You're you're skinny. You're a lean-looking guy. And you're tall <laughs> and lean. Um, did you did you visit the school before you went, went there? I did. The yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you had I went flown to out there perspective or weekend. Yeah, I flew out there. Okay. I think it was January of 97 and then I don't remember when I got accepted. It was like Mar- March or something. Wow. And I was either going to go to like the local state schools like SUNY Purchase in New York or um you know or go to this this was a great film school that I was going to so that's that's why that's the why, reason I went that's so. why you went excellent uh that doesn't exist anymore but yeah it's all right <laughs> that's a separate show you burn that diploma right cuz you don't it's useless now. it's useless <laughs> <laughs> um and we were talking about some of the characters but Wooderson did you did you know a guy like that who uh, hung around. I mean, I think every town has uh, the, yeah. the guy who guy or guys who uh, wouldn't move on from high school. And yeah, there's a little bit of that for sure. I, to be honest, I can't recall their names anymore. A lot of people's names are, are uh, not my friends, but of the periphery uh, characters in my life, uh, a lot of those names are just gone. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have a. I definitely know Wooderson. They from, exist from yeah. yeah. So absolutely, all the and all these characters. They, I mean, that that's it. They exist. They exist in yeah. no matter what the year is. Um, they they're there. Those yeah. those kinds of people are there. And Wooderson played by Matthew McConaughey in his mm-hmm. first big role. Yeah, first first role. And every no, uh, I uh, think it's his fir- it's his first real role. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like we were saying, Linkletter just. I mean, he nailed what what teenagers do at that at that time i mean during that summer we were going to there wasn't a moon tower in my town but we're going to parties in in the woods and parties uh yeah you know like we had a we had a there's this train track that goes through my town that we would you know have smaller parties there because it was no one could find us and they wouldn't didn't have to worry about police finding us or patrolling it was just we're totally on our own and there's a lot of woods where i grew up so there was definitely you could go deep in the woods and and nobody would Nobody would hear anything. That was all that craziness that was going no on. No one heard the screams. No one heard the screams. <laughs> Throwing people in the fires. Sure, and yeah. Never heard the ritual from again. sacrifice. Yeah, well, you guys all did that, right? <laughs> that's not just a New York thing. That's no, that's everywhere. <laughs> Surprise, Linkletter didn't include that in his movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the the extra director's cut. <laughs> yeah, that was an extra ten minutes. Um, but yeah, we want, you want to run through the cast? I mean, the cast and who made the movie? Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> I mean, we can. 
Who's in it? Let's be quick about this one. There's a thousand people in this movie. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, we'll just talk about some of them. Well, we'll start with the man himself, Richard Linklater. Yeah. He had, uh, this is only his second movie. He had just come off a, a really low-budget indie slacker. called Slacker. Slacker. Yeah. You're a bunch of slackers. Which was well, you know, I think well-received in in Hollywood. and um, well, Like made a big splash at Sundance, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And this is, uh, Slacker was 91, so he's, mm-hmm. Linklater's coming into the scene basically the same time as Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, the rise of Miramax and, and, uh, and the Sundance film festival really was taking off. And, um, the indie film movement is really, uh, starting to, as, as the, the cinema of the eighties was kind of figuring out what was next, this indie film movement, which was really films that were a lot more, personal and true you know to character driven and and a little more reality driven mm-hmm. were um were coming to the forefront so this is uh that's where link letter is and he a lot of his movies his, his early films are really about young people he was mm-hmm. really connected to the youth audience and uh, I think that's just where his spirit was you know yeah and he stayed connected to that for i mean Still to this day, I think he has a connection with it. Now he's evolved. Sure. Um, but he, well, yeah, he's older. And, yeah. You know, he's got more to say. But, uh, I mean, Boyhood was just, what, four years ago when yeah. it came out? I mean, it, it, and he it, shot that over, what, seven years? 12, or something? Or 12 years. Something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Or no, 12 or 10. Something like that. But he's yeah. either six or eight when he started, and then he goes to college at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, and then you know his his other big studio film was like School of Rock or something mm-hmm. like yeah it's about you know kids kids uh, and Jack Black and and <laughs> Bad News Bears don't forget that one oh right I worked on that one oh that's right did you meet Richard like oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah just shake his hand say I love did we we talked we talked shop a little bit all right yeah you know. all right uh, but anyway yeah so Richard Linklater great yeah but <laughs> <laughs> summary great. But all of his stories are grounded in reality and, and uh, human interaction and human connection with each other. Even the Ethan Hawke movies, mm-hmm. which I'm not a huge Ethan Hawke fan, but I like, you know, Before Sunrise and what was it? Before Sunrise, After Sunset, and Before Sunset. Before Midnight. Before, yeah, yeah. I think, or yeah. After Midnight. I don't know. Uh, but those are... Uh, He's doing some interesting experiments with looking at characters over a long period of time, yeah. which was what Boyhood was, really. And the same thing with the Ethan Hawke movies. It's two characters who uh, meet and have a real connection, and then they separate, and they come back like 10 years later, and then another period of time has gone by. And I, I would be interested to see him continue those movies as those characters continue to age. Yeah. And just, it's really like, what would those characters, it's not your typical love story, Hollywood love story. It's, it's a lot more real of like, what would these characters, how would they interact with each other? How would they talk to each other? And would they drop everything in their lives and run off together? It's just, that's Hollywood. That's not yeah, yeah. real life. And he's really good at, looking at that the real version of what people are you know how people are with each other yeah it's it's much more complex and and takes more time to to examine a relationship Mm -hmm. or make choices in a relationship yeah and 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 all the obstacles that get in the way uh 
to to some of those choices. Yeah. So it, it's that's that's what's so great about what he does is that exploration. It's it's not a simple what do you want and yes and no and black and white. I mean, you know, not that that's typical. I think there's always a lot of nuance thrown in, but he he goes to that next deeper level where, like you said, reality is 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 key here. Mm-hmm. Did you see his last film, Last Flag Flying? No. It's interesting because that is a the book was a sequel to the Last Detail, which is a Hal Ashby, uh, Jack Nicholson movie from the seventies, oh, and the the book is these characters way later in life who reconnect for to to go on another basically a road trip together mm-hmm. um, for a for a reason, but I won't spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linkletter actually changed the character names so which undid the sequel part of it. Oh. I don't really know why he did that, but, uh, but it's the same thing. It was, uh, you know, characters reconnecting and real human truth between them, hmm. uh, which you don't, not that you don't find it, but it's, it's really hard to find in, in uh, Hollywood. Yeah. Was that the, just the last couple of years? Yeah. That was last year. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. I've got the screener. You can you can uh, watch it at my house with me. Exactly. And with me present. Exactly. You have to be present. Yes. And then make sure you crack it in half when we're done. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you haven't watched it yet. That's why it's still. That's why you haven't cracked it mm-hmm. in half. Because you're supposed to destroy it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all going back to the uh, to dazed and confused <laughs> and confused. That's me all the time. Mm-hmm. Sitting in my office. Mr. Days and Confused. Just, just staring, just not knowing where I am or why I'm there. Mm-hmm. It's a big complaint. I just think about this podcast. <laughs> I wander why does it confuse you? Los Angeles. <laughs> Until you find, you pick me up oh, off yeah. the street, Come on. drive me back to the studio. Yeah, so you can finish out your work day yeah. and then go home. <laughs> where, you're, where your family has to like make sure you don't wander off, out yeah. of the house. Yeah. It's... That's me. Yeah. In a nutshell. So anyway, back to that movie. Um, the entire cast is all all unknowns. Yeah. At the time, and this launched. It's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting to look at the movie and see where everybody's gone since, because certainly some people have become mega stars, and this was the launching point for them, mm-hmm. or the beginning of that. And some never really acted again, mm-hmm. and and some are kind of in between that they act a lot but they're not household names and not mega stars but they're still out there yeah um but they uh who are the big ones well the biggest the biggest has got to be i would you say mcconaughey or ben affleck today it's it's mcconaughey yeah four years ago five years ago it was it was ben affleck yeah, I don't. Yeah, it depends. They're like they're they're all they're I mean, upper tier. They're both upper tier. Ben Affleck is huge now. I mean, he's freaking Batman. Yeah, but I, well, no I don't comment know. on that. But <laughs> either way, they're 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 both the mega stars. They're yeah, both on, they're both teetering. Yeah, passing each other kind of at this level. Yeah. So and the audition process was long for this movie. Sure. Um, Lots of people to see. Yeah. For these unknowns. Yeah. They, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people, and they would. One of the cool tidbits about the movie: the casting director was named Don Phillips, and he had retired, but he's the guy who cast Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, so which is the reason they they were like, we have to have this guy. Yeah, he can do because that. he's one he's one of the only people who will get 
what Linkletter is going after as far as the actors. Mm-hmm. So they would have, you know, they auditioned uh, for quite a while. They picked a few of the actors. They cast a few of the roles. And then he would do this thing where they have a casting pizza party mm. where they would, you know, bring in the actors who they, they knew they were going to use and then like a hundred of the other actors for the roles that hadn't been cast and basically just let them hang out and have a party. And Linkletter would go in and quietly direct, would watch and observe and, and would direct them and give them, you know, shift gears and see what, what he could work with to really, wow, yeah, it was, it's an interesting experiment. And some of them loved it and thought it was like a great idea. And some of them, absolutely hated the process and and because it was like all day long oh god yeah so <laughs> and they were good. like i think some of them were like pairing off and they would go and you know make out and and see who would connect uh, as for some of the couples that were in the movie and mm-hmm. uh it was an interesting experiment really kind of off the off the grid kind of style i could see richard linklater being someone who would like to lock people in a room and observe them oh yeah <laughs> like i mean he's yeah, all that's, that's he's that's, all about yeah so whether that's don's idea or his or both that like that that sounds about right i think don did it on fast times and oh, it, was, okay. it was just kind of a move he was using again but yeah. definitely up link letters alley oh, yeah, i mean yeah. he's he studies humans that's yeah. that's what his movies are yeah <laughs> um if you couldn't tell that we were talking about that earlier, but he not, and what's great is that he doesn't seem to. It's not like a a quest for knowledge either. It's not like I, it's not that I think he has the answers, but he knows how to show humanity in mm-hmm. these in these types. Whereas like someone like Christopher Nolan is always like on a search for like what a what makes a human being and their morality, their love, their relationships, all that, and it almost seems like he's he's just trying to find the answer. Like, yeah, he's. He's like an alien trying to figure us out and kind of playing with puppets. Uh, Link letter seems more like, no, I kind of get this. Like this is th- let let's explore this yeah. as it is and very and I'm very much real way. And Link letter after he cast everybody, he sent them a letter and he sent them music. Mm-hmm. And this is what your this is the music your character listens to. Mm-hmm. So he basically told them like figure your character out know who exactly who this person is and when you get here we're going to undo all of that and do it again better and make it that will be the building block of that character oh, neat. but we're going to like deconstruct it and rebuild it together but it, you know he has an, a really inter- fascinating approach to figuring out who really figuring out who these characters are but through the casting hmm. you know only certain like Ben Affleck wouldn't have fit Wooderson or wouldn't have fit Pink you know, not with it, those teeth. <laughs> no offense. Are we going to talk about that? Well, his teeth look a lot different than they do in Batman versus Superman. They I'll look like what. Robert Downey's in uh, in Back to School. I guess when you get a little bit of money, you fix up those choppers. <laughs> uh, but let's let's stay with McConaughey for a second. Sure. And his he was a completely separate thing from everybody else. Yeah, he just wandered into this. And thing. Wooderson wasn't was really a much smaller character in the original um, script, and I think he was only in a couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. The behind the scenes, the actor who plays uh, Pickford, Sean Andrews, mm-hmm. was having some issues, wasn't getting along with the other actors, specifically Jason London. Mm. And those characters were supposed to be tight and in every scene together. And oh, geez. So they had to kind of make a right turn and really reduce. That's why halfway through that movie, you kind of he's he's all over the beginning of the movie, 
yeah. uh, Pickford, but then he's just kind of gone, or he's he's you can see him, but he's not really a focal point of the movie anymore, and it shifts to Wooderson. Yeah. So they had to kind of reshift things. At the same time, Don Phillips was staying at the Hyatt in Austin, and would at night would just you know when you're on location, there's not much to do, so you go down and hang out at the bar. Matthew McConaughey is in film school in Austin at the time and knows the bartender and he's there the same night and the bartender tips him off and says, Hey, that guy's making a movie. You should go talk to him. So he did. And they just, they hit it off and they became, and they're still like really good friends. And, uh, they, uh, you know, talked all night long, got drunk, got thrown out of the bar together. And (laughs) at the end of the night, they, uh, uh, Don Phillips was like, you should, you know, we're ca- I'm casting this movie. You should come down and read. I think there's a part you might be good for. And he did. He came down and, and nailed it. And wow. Linkletter wasn't sold on him immediately. I mean, he, he thought he looked too pretty. Right. So he really wanted to dirty him up. He wanted to grow a beard and, you know, let his hair get longer and, yeah. you know, with whatever time frame they had left. And Sure. And then when he showed up on set, so while this is going on, this is when the problems with Sean Andrews are happening. And uh, when he showed up on set and he goes through hair and makeup and he stepped out of the trailer, Linkletter just stared at him and was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, you're, you're, this is it. <laughs> this <laughs> is the guy. This is the guy. <laughs> and so they just they, they added him into those scenes. And, and a lot of it was he let McConaughey come up with a lot of that material. I mean, they did it together, but uh, McConaughey drove that character. That was that really, he found that place and he, found, you know, those words. He understood Wooderson. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And and became a star because of it. I mean, in his Oscar speech, right? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> he quoted the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, he's quite a guy, and it, this would have been a fundamentally different movie if if without him i think yeah it's a cool character to have uh, another all these different characters kind of balance out pink's life yes and this is another guy i mean i my friend pat had friend friends like this who were uh older and graduated but still around and was hanging out with all the younger kids and yeah um you know it's definitely a little bit creepy with wooderson with the girl yeah, yeah. side of it but <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, yeah, but you still there. find the character so charming. Yeah, he's that. De- oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely charming. Everything that he says is kind of just just the way McConaughey brings it out. I don't know. There's, yeah, there's always that charming fellow mm-hmm. uh, in that group uh, in the mix. There's always someone that he's actually. I mean, if he was in high school, he'd be the alpha guy, mm-hmm. you know. And he still he rests on his his past victories. You know, he talks yeah. about what what it was like when he was there. Which was only a couple of years, like, right? You know, probably. Well, yeah, and you don't know years. exactly how. I mean, they yeah. still know him, so like it can't be that far off. But, yeah. Um, and he's a simple guy. Like he 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 only wants a few things. He wants his pot. He wants a beer. He wants he wants to drive in his car, and he wants a girl for the night. Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward with him. Yeah. He talked about his McConaughey talked about figuring out his character. A lot of actors figure out their characters through their walk. Hmm. So he felt like Wooderson would walk with his with his uh, penis out front. Yeah. <laughs> so that was his, his hips led the, led yeah, the, the hips way. led yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And that's definitely, that defines the character right there. Yeah. And somehow he, yeah, he just doesn't come off as a scumbag or anything like that. It's just No, kind he kind of kinda is, but he doesn't he, come He totally across, is. Yeah. And they all see it. You yeah. Know, he's not, but he's not someone who's so, like, lascivious and just trying to make something happen mm-hmm. against someone's will. Like, he's just, he's still just there to have a good time. And, yeah, if he can, it seems like if he was not, he was going to strike out with a girl, he still had his pot and his car and yeah. his buds, and he's fine. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all good, baby. <laughs> I love that. Mo- and so much of this movie is moments, moments between characters, and, and it's all just snippets of scenes, really, of, you know, moving between them. Yeah. But I love the scene where he pulls up to Cynthia and uh, and the nerds, really, the, yeah. the, the brains. And that flirtation between... Cynthia, who's played by Marissa Rubisi, mm-hmm. and and McConaughey is just just genius. And the fact that she would, of course, like this is the polar opposite of the kind of guy that she would go after. So of course she's gonna fall like yeah, not head over heels for him, but definitely be smitten with him. Yeah, definitely totally smitten after that. She's been doing her hair up like just yeah, and the, the her friends who she's known forever, they're like, what are you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like what are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I couldn't believe think, she's falling for this guy. Right. Yeah. You know? And I love how he asks her, like, she's driving her car. He's like, you need a ride? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so perfect. Uh, Who else is in this movie? How about Parker Posey? What? How about Parker Posey? Oh, my God. Parker Posey hasn't aged a day, by the way. She's genius in, I think she's genius in pretty much everything. Yeah. Love Parker Posey. And this is Mm -hmm. pre-Guffman by about two or three years, I think. Maybe a little more than that, but yeah, I can't quite recall. So she was on uh, God. I I just blanked on what soap opera it was, but uh, a daytime soap, mm-hmm. and was doing this kind of between, you know, shooting periods with that with that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, again, she's talked about it. How she had to. I think the schedule on this film was a little crazy, partially because there was no, you know, again, no plot really. Mm-hmm. That that um, her schedule on the show was changing so she had to kind of come and go a little bit same thing with mcconaughey actually his father passed away right after they started shooting so they had to kind of keep shifting the schedule and he was he was there in the beginning and then kind of took off for a while and came back to the movie and um but yeah parker posey is just um she's perfect yeah, she's great. She plays this like villain, the 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 head bee, <laughs> yeah, the, the head lady who just she loves. She's definitely like the worst offender of hazing all the girls. Um, yeah, just kind and of, that's coming from a play, a, a a real place. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I think with that character. That it feels like that character would be that vicious with it because probably that that's what happened to her yeah and she did not take to it well so, right yeah or once worse it's, once you it's know? her time once it's her turn she's been waiting for this moment all of high school yeah. to just get revenge for probably whatever was done to her when she was a freshman yeah i uh i find all of the hazing stuff in general uh not in this movie but just as a concept just pretty distasteful um, oh god yeah i mean obviously but um and the teacher, you remember, like he's like down with it, like laughing at them for yeah. having, you know, the the jocks are sitting outside the school with the megaphone, yeah. taunting uh, Mitch Kramer, yeah, and the teacher's just laughing, yeah. you know. Now those guys would be going to jail, yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, the, <laughs> like threatening. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah, but it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting way that the culture and community was accepting of it, and even 
Adam Goldberg's character is talking to Anthony Rapp's character. I don't recall their names, but they're they're talking about that very thing. Like the community is just like okay with this. Mm-hmm. And the teachers are fine. Like they're letting us do all this hazing in the parking lot. Like what, yeah. he just doesn't quite understand it. Like it's and I think that's true. I mean, I think that that stuff happened. I mean, he wasn't making this stuff up. That's, no, yeah, this stuff went on. Oh, it happened, and there was like I mean, it went on to the nineties. Oh, absolutely. Like it's it's um. There was hazing in my school. Yeah, I mean, for, like I remember me coming in freshman year. I remember that shot in in the beginning of the movie when they were still in the school, and when Don just like fake punches that yeah nerd who was walking by him. Yeah, I was like, I oh, that. yep, that happened yeah, all that. the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, is that hazing or just being an asshole? That's just being an asshole. But uh, <laughs> there was there was hazing that went on at my school. I was fortunate to avoid that. Yeah, yeah. you know, I I definitely got picked on at certain points, but. Um, I didn't get the kind of, you know, maybe because I wasn't one of the in the jock group, like I didn't have to deal with it on that level. But yeah. but there's always like these side characters who are sort of just questioning it too, and like, but they they accept it. They're not putting up a fight. Like they're not going to stop this from happening. Like yeah, they they don't have some sort of uh, righteous uh, uh, mission to like end it. It's just sort of huh, why the hell why the hell is this even happening? Yeah, <laughs> why are we doing this to each yeah, other? Yeah, they're totally right. Uh, but. Um, I mean, and those he, are those are more great. I mean, there's great actors all over this movie. Yeah, Adam Goldberg, who would go on to, uh, who would go on to Private Ryan, is probably his most famous. But he was in a lot of TV shows. Yeah, a lot of TV, a lot of films in the '90s. Yeah, and, um, he directed, I think, a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, he's he's a working guy. He, he yeah. He works. Oh yeah, and Anthony Rapp, who was in Rent, you know, Rent. that was was, uh, and he did. Oh, he did the movie of Rent too, didn't he? He did. He did. and uh, Adventures in Babysitting. I was gonna say, what was he in before this? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we will we will cover that movie for sure. Yeah, Rent the movie's weird because they play all these uh, bohemian type living people in the early '90s in New York, but they're all like in their mid thirties, forties. <laughs> do they have microphones? Do they all wear the <laughs> they microphones? They do. They do have microphones, just like the stage play. Uh, but and, and Adam Goldberg and Nikki Cat. Uh, who plays can. Clint were were good friends, mm-hmm. and after this movie, they're like, "We're not gonna go. We're not gonna work in the system. We're not gonna, you know, we're gonna do movies that that move people and are real passion passionate about, and we're not gonna do sitcoms and you know all uh-huh. that crap." And and he was talking about. He's like, three months later, I go to an audition for a sitcom, and Nikki Cat's in the waiting room. <laughs> of like, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they both looked at each other and were like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. This is life. That <laughs> idealism does not pay the bills in Hollywood. <laughs> Sorry. And these guys are definitely older than teen than the characters they're playing. Yeah, they're but I don't feel like it's as offensive as they're not offensively older, like in in some other movies where it's like like nine hundred two and zero. Like <laughs> right. these are thirty year olds playing sixteen year olds. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, like they're they feel closer to that age. Yeah, and you, they were. You buy it. You yeah. buy it. It is, and it's it is funny though when you have like the 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 fresh the incoming freshmen they're like legitimately like 13 14 I'm assuming like mm-hmm. they're, they're little scrawny dudes. Yeah. And then you do have some like you would think I would just think 18 19 year olds but then you do have this this upper Mm-hmm. Age like McConaughey was in his twenties. I'm sure. Yeah, like, yeah. And, uh, but like Marissa Rabisi was seven, was seventeen playing mm-hmm. what say sixteen? Like these some, characters are supposed to be sixteen. They're driving some of them. Yeah, well, sixteen, I think seventeen. Most of them going into senior year are already seventeen. I think a few. No, yeah, yeah, I, I you were I'm, always a year. Ahead I was a year like I don't understand why off. You're, yeah. So I was 
16 going into senior year. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I turned 17 during my senior year. That's insane. Weird. I'm a that's weird, so weird guy. It's because you were really smart and you skipped first Oh, grade. yeah. That's it. They just put you in kindergarten to second grade. I was right on that border of I what could go one way or the other. My parents put me in. in uh, they put you with the older kids. Yeah, they did. That's crazy. I don't know. Was that? A, it probably worked out well. Well, my life is amazing, so. Well, I always <laughs> identified with the older kids anyway. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, I did too. So you were actually with the, the kids you would, you would uh, I identify with. Right, right. But and not that I didn't like my peers. I had some great people in my class. But Name them all. Name every one of them right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'll start with me. Uh, were we done talking about Parker Posey? But she was just like... <laughs> she was, no. <laughs> I, well, we're never done talking about never. Parker Posey. That's, that's, she is a continuous. Just, I could watch her all day. I mean, she she's she great. Makes the the Christopher Guest movies. I mean, they're uh, all they're all great. But uh, yeah, she's such a great part of them, and uh, she she's just so good at playing that that bitch. You know? Yeah. Like I don't like using that. I don't term like using anymore. that word either. But, but like, it's like that's exactly what. She's yeah. Playing. I mean, she's mean the whole way through the movie yeah like she's okay with her friends but every time she encounters the the underclassmen she's horrible to them yeah she at the party in the woods everyone's sort of mellowed out and she Mm -hmm. still uh wants sabrina to uh take hit the ground yeah and and like she's drunk she's just wasted like and you figure she's probably not even gonna remember she did that right but uh just what a what an and you don't know where you don't know where that character is really going no, that that's the thing. Not not everyone gets enough spotlight to to really have a anything more interesting happen to them, right? Um, or change them, or give you a path of like what what's what's their tomorrow going to be like? Right. It seems like she's going to be consistent when she goes to high school or when she goes to senior year. Yeah, like she's going to be that person. And I I another thing I like about the movie is that you don't get that definition of like of where these characters are going because they don't know. Nobody knows at that age. It's like no. college is this thing on the horizon Mm -hmm. that you probably other than dealing with your grades so that you can get into college i don't know how much thought you're really putting on into like where that's going to take you where you're really going to go and what's beyond that you're kind of just dealing with today tonight maybe tomorrow and that's it but you always have to keep that that thing in front of you Mm -hmm. well there's going to be a future you have to get a you have to get a career or something you know you got to figure out what are you going to learn and you're not even really, I don't know, depending on how it is, you know, you're not going to necessarily worry about who you're doing that with. Like mm-hmm. those people just come along for the ride. Yeah. You know, your friends come and go and enter your life. And uh, you're still trying to worry about a future that you don't know how it's going to go. Like you, you have an idea. You're like, well, I'm going to go to college and I'm gonna, I right. think I'm going to study this and I want to do that. And it rarely works out. Oh, yeah. Unless you're like very specifically lawyer, doctor like even then a businessman using business machines <laughs> um but you know it's it's hard when you're a liberal arts you're in a liberal arts school or doing stuff like that and you're like well, that's what i want to do but yeah will that work out oh yeah i and know the, all about that every english major like well, what are you doing <laughs> what uh what are you gonna do with that i'm doing Eng- english i'm doing english <laughs> well i mean when when i went to film school like 90 85 90 percent of my class is not doing anything related to film or movies or entertainment 
they're all like some I have friends that I graduated with that turn around and went to law school a few years later and, wow. and now are doing something different and like, yeah uh, it's uh it's a fascinating look at life of, of you know how these characters nobody knows that and they're not thinking about it really at this point all right all right all right so who were we talking we were talking about Parker Posey Parker and Posey. her brilliance yeah, every wonderful. day of the week um and it's 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 a shame that she's not the like the main girl of the mm-hmm. thing. Uh, not that you need that. But there's it, it is an ensemble movie. I could have used a little more Parker. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jody, Jody, mm-hmm. played by Michelle Burke. Michelle Burke. Yeah, she's lovely. Who is now? Joey Lauren Adams is Joey Lauren Adams. Pink's girlfriend. Yeah, which I but think he kind of has an affair with Jody. Yeah, they well they kiss in the woods yeah. at the end. Not an affair. Yeah. But then they imply, and I think really that their boyfriend and girlfriend is just more or less implied. Like you can tell they know each other; they're kind of dating, but they're they're like seeing each other. Yeah, That's and he says, "Yeah, I'll see you later. I'm probably gonna hung up with the guys," and you almost just forget that. Yeah, and Joey like in high school, like Joey's not in the movie a lot. Yeah, she yeah. shows up with the girls here and there, yeah. but she, yeah, her part's pretty small. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing that you know Joey Lauren Adams, Ben Affleck, and. Well, Jason London's brother, mm-hmm. and someone else all show up in Mallrats. Mallrats. Uh, Jason Lee, who is indirectly connected to this movie yeah. because he was dating Marissa Rabisi at the time, so he was actually oh, on yeah. the set because oh, yeah. he was her legal guardian because <laughs> he was older and she was seventeen. <laughs> he was and he was just—he wasn't really an actor; he was like a pro skater. Or something, yeah, he was right? a skater at yeah. that point. Yeah. But uh, interesting that he's there. But there's yeah, there's a big. Mall rats and chasing Amy connection here. Yeah, yeah. Is that something? Wait, was Affleck in? Yeah, Affleck was in Mall Rats. Yeah, he's, he has a brief thing. He plays a, a, a guy. He plays a guy that has sex with a lot of underage girls or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does a for fun. Mm. And he oh, doesn't he work at doesn't he work at the Swatch? I don't. I've it's Why been a long about, time. Don't worry, we talk about Mall Rats. Never mind. I'm probably you know whenever we cover those Kevin Smith movies, I'm probably just gonna. You know, We're going to cut them all on one show, and it's <laughs> yeah. going to be 20 minutes. The old, Kevin Smith also coming up into his own, what? When did Clark's come out? 95? 94. 94. So, so. This, uh, yeah, he's... I mean, and he wasn't... I wouldn't put him with, like, Tarantino and oh, no. Linkletter. But his career... Because he's self-financed Clerks, and, and it's famous for that. But uh, yeah. it was once it got to Sundance that it exploded, but the movie had already been made. Oh, right, right. Um, anyway, okay, so Ben sorry. Affleck, though. Ben Affleck. So uh, apparently Vince Vaughn was up for this role. Oh, Banyan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think when Linkletter went with Ben Affleck instead, apparently apparently there's some heat between Vince Vaughn and uh, Linkletter still to this day over it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It was probably the way it happened. You yeah, know, maybe that. he was probably so close to that part, and Vince was probably great. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of looks like... The one guy though, Donnie, is it? Yeah. Did you say? Well, he thought he he thought Vince Vaughn looked a lot like um, right. Jason London. Oh right, and that I had see a lot that. to do with it. That yeah. they can't look so similar. And yeah, and Vince Vaughn was a, quite a skinny guy, mm-hmm. as Jason London is. Yeah, look at Swingers. Yeah. Um, but Ben Affleck is just great as this asshole. O'Banion is. Oh my God. Like, and this was definitely. There were a few people in in my high school that were this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. 
probably not my high school, more my younger years. So mm. I had that kind of guy. Uh, there, there were there were some tough guys, but none of these like sadistic. Because mm-hmm. O'Banion is a bit of a statistic. Oh guy. yeah, I mean, you know he's channeling like this his Boston roots here, like these guys he knew. Apparently yeah. Ben Affleck's like a, the sweetest guy in the world or whatever. Uh, oh, the sweetest in the whole world. That's what everybody said. I don't yeah. think he was like a bully type. I don't know. Uh, I think Marky Mark was the guy who he killed somebody, right? Was it Marky in Mark? What? Did Marky Mark kill somebody or beat someone to and paralyze them to death? I don't. I don't know. We're gonna have to. Let me call. I'll we'll, call him when we. We'll post a link. But Ben Affleck. Uh, Sweet guys, but everyone else said. But he had to play the worst guy. That's, Joey Lauren Adams said she could she could never remember who was playing O'Banion because she just was like, it's not Ben. Ben's like the nicest guy, right, right. <laughs> uh, but he was so good at it. I mean, like yeah. the other characters are like Cole Hauser and and uh, the other guys are are into you know track hunting down the the freshman and mm-hmm. you know beating him with that paddle. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain point, they want to go to the party. Yeah, they don't have time for this. Like, O'Banion is all about just con- all night. He's just looking for those kids and yeah. and is going to go after them. Yeah. Uh, and that's driving him the whole movie. So it's nice to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah, he's like the one character that said something. That's the perfect thing to happen. Like he, he gets something that's to happen to him because he's such a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- and that's part of, I think, when when I was talking earlier about uh, looking back at your memory and what you yeah. wish had happened, I feel like this is probably one of those things that yeah. it's hard to see who Linkletter is. I think he's all of these people to a certain extent, but you I know, is just... he one of the nerds? Is he Wiley Wiggins? Is he Pink? Is he, you know, is he's probably a few of these people? Yeah, I think so. But I'm sure there was a character that he wished he could have. Uh, done what happens to O'Banion. Wish you could have done that to somebody. Oh sure. I know. I I would. I I'm... think I, I think we all have a fantasy of kicking the teeth in on somebody mm-hmm. who uh, wronged us. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I yeah. don't know. I no longer want to kick that that person's teeth in. You just do it all day long. I I kick teeth in all day. <laughs> that's my that's my jam. Anyone who makes eye contact. Well, in the wrong way. Yeah. Like well, I, we're in separate booths right now, so I can look wherever case, I want. Yeah, just in case you <laughs> because do the wrong thing. We could be mid-show and we make eye contact and you're just, boom, all over me. I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> my, my subway friend, we, uh, Same I had to do it once, but after that, we, we've been buds. And again, we're going to make this podcast. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, and Affleck's not even in. It's sort of him and, uh, and Darla, Parker Posey's character, I guess they're the villain the closest thing they're to a villain the, they're the, the meanest movie. people yeah they're just the meanest ones yeah. and they're not even in it Affleck's not in it a whole bunch and actually the first time I saw this like mm-hmm. I didn't Ben Affleck wasn't a household name but he had done other movies by 97 yeah. 98 I didn't even realize that that was because it was only a few months later from when I had seen this in 97 that Goodwill Hunting came out oh yeah and I had watched that movie and not at all like put together that this was the guy who was in Days and confused mm. how about that yeah so hmm. he's just just making he's making his way through hollywood yeah hollywood hollywood california uh what other uh rory cochran's in the film rory who Cochran. plays slater this the stoner yeah the, the big burnout and that was a, a wig he was wearing and 
he was nothing like he's another guy who's nothing like Slater. And when you when you look at him now, mm-hmm. he's a bigger guy now. Just mm-hmm. you know, as he's aged, yeah, uh, he's not a skinny you know little yeah. teen anymore. And yeah. uh, I just saw him in Hostiles. Oh, was he like, in Hostiles? Yeah, he's in uh, Public Enemies, the the Michael mm-hmm. Mann film, and yeah. he was on CSI Miami. Just just looks totally different. Yeah. You would never like think that those are the same guy. I've, I've probably seen him in a few of the things mm-hmm. things you're mentioning, and I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Slater's a great character, and, and somebody else that I think exists in every class, and yeah. somebody who is, uh, you know, the the big reason he's hanging around with everybody is because he's got the pot and he's got the you know something everybody wants. Yeah, that's the weed is all over this movie. Oh yeah, and it's pretty impressive that I mean, uh, how much it's in there. I don't yeah, know. It's it's, uh, it's all over the movie. Yeah, and that that was definitely part of the that culture. They're uh, either smoking it or talking about it, mm-hmm. or you know, it, you can feel its presence everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can smell it. I can smell it through the DVD player. Yeah, I was getting a uh, high, a whiff. I was getting a whiff, getting that. Uh, yeah, Mia Jovovich. Mia Jovovich. One of her first roles. She was a model at this point. Mm-hmm. Spoke no English. That's not true. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and how many years before uh, uh, Fifth Element? This was about Fifth Element was ninety seven. That was in ninety seven. Yeah. Okay. So four years, and that's really where her she took off. Her career really took off there with the Lupusan movies, and then and then the amazing Resident Evil films. Yeah, why not? <laughs> just keep. I, Turning those out. Pumping those out. (laughs) It's like the Saw movies. I want to see them. I've never seen one of them. But by the time they got to the fifth one, and they're like, this is the final chapter. I'm like, yes. All right. I'm (laughs) going to go see them all. (laughs) I'm going to see all four, and then I'm going to go to the theater. Like, let's do this. I loved the old, the original Resident Evil, the first two Resident Evil games. The video games? Yeah. From PlayStation PlayStation, 1. I think PlayStation 1. Yeah. Uh, I never really played them. Oh, great. The first one was great. Uh, We used to, we played my friend's basement. And it was like thundering, lightning, really dark basement, and we played it with the lights off, Wondering and it was like, lighting. oh my god, we are! I don't know if I can actually play this game. Spooky. Now you look at it, and you'll just laugh at me. You'll look it up on YouTube, youtube.com. Slash John plays like, Resident oh, Evil yeah. 90, 95. <laughs> There's a documentary all about someone filming me play video games. Yeah, and you're just getting scared. <laughs> oh my god, look at that monster. Just me running, like, I just drop the remote and just run out of the room. Yeah, you you can't get through the first stage. Mom! <laughs> Why'd you buy this? <laughs> Why did you do this to me? <laughs> this is torture. Uh, uh, Mila Jovovich, yeah. Yeah, Mila jo- uh Who else? Any, or, there's so many people in this movie. We You know, we uh, talked about Anthony Rapp and... Uh, sure. Uh, Jason O. Smith? Jason O. Smith, who... I think he's great in this movie, and I don't yeah. know anything else he ever did. No, I don't know, but he he seemed like boy, this guy should always be around. He's yeah, great. like he totally fit in, yeah. and and I don't, I don't know what he's doing because even with the reunions for this, he's not been at any of those. No, no, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Yeah, uh, Cole Hauser, mm-hmm. who I used to think he was another actor I thought was super cool. I thought he was a cool guy. So cool. Yeah, just a cool dude, mm-hmm. and he shows up uh, with. Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting and oh, yeah. and has he's done a lot of action movies. He's also great in uh, The Breakup. If anybody's seen that, he's in The Breakup. Yeah, 
He's one of his. I think he's one of his brothers. Vince Vaughn's oh, brothers. They run that business yeah. together. Oh, well, what's Dan Aykroyd and him, right? <laughs> and what? No, isn't Dan Aykroyd one of the, one of the brothers? No, it's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. Vince. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Apologize to him immediately. <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, but Cole Hauser's great as as another jock bully type. Yeah. Um, but I don't dislike him as much as you know you're meant to dislike O'Banion. Yeah. No, O'Banion is the is the like the creep, mm-hmm. the awful guy. The rest are they're along. They're doing they're doing their role, mm-hmm. and they, they can care less about it once it's over. But they're like you, you know a little bit re- make up for it. They'll like paddle these kids and then toss them a beer. Yeah. And let them come. To, I mean, that's the thing. They let these guys come to the party. Yeah, come to the party. Like, yeah. You, you've gone through it. You've, you've you've been initiated, and now we're good. Yeah, I think that if for what for as distasteful as hazing is. Uh, that level of you know inclusion uh, afterward, like mm-hmm. okay, you've you've gone through this thing that we forced you to go through. Yeah, and now it's but over, now and we're now not gonna. Pre- yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the way, the way it's left. Do you think it's something they would continue throughout their freshman year, or they're just kind of done with it? Well, that's what the girls seem to make it sound like, or at least Parker Posey does. That yeah, it's like it's gonna be. I think that's thing. her. I think that's like yeah. her personally, not necessarily. Yeah, what that institution was. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I I think it's a little more positive. With, with the guys, it feels feels like it's done. It's over. Now we're, we're moving on to yeah. the next whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but so Cole Hauser was great, and um, Michelle Burke, who plays Jody, has uh, floated around. Done, mm-hmm. you know, she's she's done a number of things. hasn't hasn't She's one that hasn't never really became a, a star, mm-hmm. but has certainly worked. Yeah. Uh, Jason London. We didn't talk about him. He's yeah. one of the shows main... up and stuff. Yeah, he um, him and his brother, right? his twin brother Jeremy, which was the one on Seventh Heaven. Uh, I think it's Jeremy. Uh, not initially. Well, not, one not of them like, not in. like a main cast member. He's in the opening credit sequence. My <laughs> wife watches it a lot, or did watch it. No, that's not at London. Wait, what? Or is it Gilmore Girls? I don't know. Maybe. One of those two shows. There's a London. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Does that help everybody? Wait. Oh, he might have. I don't know. It's Jeremy. Whichever one, it's Jeremy. Jeremy London. was a. Yeah. He played a priest. They're identical twins. Did he play twins. a priest? Is he a priest? I think so. I'm probably seventh house. Somebody, somebody tweeted at me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason London was, uh, you know, great in this movie. Yeah. He's, you know, not somebody you see very often anymore. He does seems to do a lot of, um, lower budget movies that are not, you know. Not big studio releases, yeah. But he's works. if you look at his IMDb, he's got a, a huge list of movies. So yeah, he's he stayed he stayed in it. Yeah, and then uh, and then we said his name, but Mitch was played by Wiley Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. Yeah, who who kind of ho- hoped that this was the beginning of? I mean, he was just a high school kid yeah. that they pulled out of, uh, you know, out they, they found him. Another yeah. one of the casting directors would would hang out at the local Seven Elevens and leave business cards and just watch the teenagers to see who would fit for some of the underclassmen roles. Yeah, yeah. And that was how they found found Wiley Wiggins, oh, who had done acting, but in the audition didn't mention that. You're kidding? <laughs> yeah. So they just thought he was on. So the, this uh, <laughs> producer is driving him home uh-huh. after the audition, and and 
he revealed that and she was like don't you think he should have said that in that <laughs> that session he was like yeah probably <laughs> he does seem very aloof and just kind of yeah and the nose grabbing is uh yeah there's lots of discussion what where what that was all about his choice i mean i recognize it as a nervous tick it's something yes. i would do <laughs> like i i do shit like that all the time mm-hmm. uh is it i don't know if it's necessarily an intentional acting choice every time yeah but do you know how many times he actually touches his nose it's in, somewhere in around room? 200 isn't it no that's the wrong stat that's uh, the wrong stat uh but 42 times he touches oh his, that's it yeah no there's uh a word that is said 203 times throughout the movie man oh yeah <laughs> the word man i think yeah. that's, that's the stat you're thinking yeah, of, that's think. the one i was thinking so, of, yeah. so it's yeah i mean but uh Wiley, you know, was hoping this would lead to a bigger acting career. Mm-hmm. He moved out to L.A. He, he's talked about it, that he moved out, f- lived here for a year, didn't work at all while yeah. he was here. Um, he does pop up in, have you seen Waking Life? I saw it way back when, um, but I don't remember it yeah. anymore. It's, I saw it the, as soon as it was available on rental. Yeah, it's but, another Linkletter movie, but it's all yeah. it's all animated yeah. and um He's the lead uh, lead actor in that. Oh, okay. And that so so it's a reunion with with Linkletter, but uh, but yeah, he never you know I, I don't think he's acting at all anymore. Hmm. But maybe he's fine with that. So I'm sure he'd let's have not to be. cry for Wiley Wiggins. I'm fine with it. Whatever has to happen. If, you if Wiley it? makes a you comeback, sure? I mean, you don't look fine with it. I'm a little upset. I'm writing. I'm currently writing an email to Marvel to say put Wiley Wiggins in your next movie. Oh yeah. He should be in Black Panther too. Yeah, he doesn't have to be the star of anything, but he should be in these things, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Come on. Yeah. Uh, who? Anybody else? Are we missing anybody? Um, in, no, like dis- we. No disrespect to the rest of the cast. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, no, no, but no, a lot of. It's a lot of actors. So. There's a ton of talented and fun mm-hmm. people in this thing. Oh, there. Do we talk about the secret uncredited role uh, on the movie? Oh, wait, there was one we forgot before we talk about the uncredited yeah. person. Uh, Don, who is uh, played oh. by Sasha Jensen. Sasha Jensen. Yeah. Where have I seen him? You've seen him in, he was in a few 80s movies, but he was great in Halloween 4. That's ah, where, that's I right. see. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, he was, he was another guy. I thought, I thought he was really great in this movie. I thought um, he is somebody who had the talent, but... For whatever reason, didn't uh, didn't find stardom as an actor, mm. and it's funny because I was working. I used to work at Fox and Fox, yeah, you know, Fox mm. Studio lot. Mm-hmm. And I went out on New York Street, and there was a commercial shooting there, and I saw the location manager, and it was it was Sasha Jensen. Oh, he's a location yeah, manager. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's still in the business. He's still in the biz, and and uh, I mean, him? he looks. Older, but really, this, you can tell it's him. You knew. I was like, and I got. Him, you knew it was I got him? starstruck. I was. Did like, you really? I was like, I want to go talk to him so bad. Oh man! But uh, I didn't. Uh-huh. But and he's somebody. I don't know what you know. He's a pretty quiet guy, I think. And all the documentaries and reunions, like he's another one that that doesn't seem to show up at a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. He's not interviewed a lot about this movie, mm-hmm. uh, whereas some of the other ones. I mean, even McConaughey. McConaughey like embraces this movie. He doesn't. Sure. This is career making. Well, yeah, and a lot of guys, a lot of not guys, but a lot of actors, kind of 
push away their earlier work when yeah. they become a star. Yeah, yeah. But not McConaughey. He's he's all about it. So well, that's like um, Wet Hot American Summer, where Bradley Cooper it's his first big role. Mm-hmm. And he's still in school or just getting out of school, mm-hmm. and uh, he was in that. And then he came back to do yeah the, the prequel, new one. the prequel series yeah. And amidst like his, I mean, the peak of his stardom. Yeah, he was at the a moment. superstar, superstar, and he he could only work a couple of days, yeah. but he made sure he did it. And then his scheduling was too much that he couldn't do the next season and the next thing they did. Right. So Adam Scott played his role. Yeah, which was <laughs> my god, brilliant, that was genius, brilliant. That was genius. Um. So anyway, but yeah, like Bradley Cooper, oh, you know, he, embraced he embraced that. Yeah. You know, and watching the documentary for the for what hot that was on netflix it might still be there like they they you know david wayne and the crew there they would shoot while they're shooting mm-hmm. at this camp and the nice little personal interviews from everybody and bradley cooper was just talking about how how great it was to be there yeah um not that that movie made him a star but it gave him a credit you know i mean he was on alias for three seasons mm-hmm. or two seasons you yeah know? uh and that's where i that's where i got to know him like i, I was like well oh, bradley cooper's great no one knew who he, this guy was yeah and then he just then he exploded mm-hmm. um, in the. Uh, it was the A team that did it. I, well, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he was really great in Days and Confused. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's amazing. But uh, I like I like that I like that the there are people that that outgrow their position and still mm-hmm. will honor you know where they came from. And, yeah. Um, in this business, I think that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, but now our secret the the secret uh, actor in this. Yeah, someone who was up for other roles, but I think ultimately was not the cast. Yeah. But she got a bit part. She can be seen in the woods mm-hmm. uh, party and I think holding a funnel. Yeah. Oh, she, and she's probably in the beginning. Yeah, and the, and the when they're hazing the girls, I think you see her for a second. So she's got no lines, but that Renee? actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it hurt. That actress was. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. Uh, another another Austin local mm. who would reunite with McConaughey in Texas, Chain- te- so, what? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. Oh, okay. Of course, everybody knows that. Of course that. that. But she was, yeah, they really liked her. She was in that whole casting process. They really liked her, but, you know, just didn't have a spot for her. So they just kind of let her. I think she had a character name too, but just didn't have any lines. And yeah. when they were filming it, they would she would migrate with the extras, and then the actresses would like kept pulling her over with them. She's like, "You're not an extra. You're you're one of the actors." Oh, fun. Yeah, well, but I mean, and and most of the things, the shots she was in, ended up getting cut out. And yeah, you don't see her much. One of those things that happened. Mm-hmm. She ended up okay. Yeah, she did all right. Um. How do you, in general, like what? Where do you categorize this movie? You you put it, like in the video store. Where would you put it? Comedy section, drama, action, sci-fi. <laughs> Some of those definitely no. Uh, teen. You, would, you wouldn't call this a sci-fi movie. It's a teen movie. There's no teen section. Those goes in. Sure, there they, is. they go in drama or comedy. I guess it's a comedy then. Yeah, I think this. I think this. This fu- movie's funnier far more than it's dramatic. I don't know if I would. Oh, no, I don't know. It's it's, but it's it's a lighthearted. It is lighthearted. It's lighthearted. And there's I think funny he, moments. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have jokes in it. Mm-hmm. It's just, but it's not a. It's not a drama. Straight drama. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's dramatic. Yeah, but there's both. There's there's comedic moments. There's dramatic things about it, and you would put this in a comedy section. If if in my video store, Munchak's Video Emporium. 
It goes in the comedy section. That was a great store. <laughs> uh, it will be built again. I lost it. I lost it, but <laughs> it'll come back. Um, All your but, VHSs. But in the subgenre of you know coming of age, teen sex party. Mm-hmm. It's not a sex party. Teen party. Yeah, it, it would. I think it's both. Yeah. And neither. Yeah. Uh, but it would. Coming of age. The suits would put it in as a comedy. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you market this thing. That's how where we had it at Suncoast comedy. Oh, see, mm-hmm. did you agree? Would you put it there? Uh, I Is guess this the eternal yeah. battle with you. Uh, this is really gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> Can't handle this. As a it comedy. would definitely be one that when I was organizing the tapes mm-hmm. in the store, I would face it out. Oh, you can't, you know, yeah. you have to, you would face out certain movies to get them to sell. Yeah. And, you know, that would be one of them. I liked this, so it would, you Devious. get the face out. Well done. Well, yeah. it, you honored it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, or maybe throw it on an end cap. What's that? Like at the end of the aisle, then there'd be like a little display at oh, the end of each movies. aisle. Yeah. Is that called end caps? End caps, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Nothing about our video store dreams. I can't wait to reopen the Emporium. <laughs> I can't wait. Can I work? Can I work there? Do I, can I apply? You can apply. Okay. I don't know who I'm going to get to manage the place, but you can apply for at least the clerk job. <laughs> <laughs> the security guard, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you can watch all the movies you want on the TV in the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, another huge element here that we haven't really talked about is the music oh right there's a ton i mean of music in this thing it's it's probably the the key ingredient to setting the tone and giving the feel and and putting you in that that mental place Mm -hmm. the right mental place to enjoy this film but yeah and Linkletter really so universal studios wanted uh current bands to re to cover songs from the 70s oh. and this was a huge this was a huge battle for link letter wow because uh, he was adamant about using real music and yeah. and he was very specific about what music i mean he chose every song and most of them are on the soundtrack mm-hmm. i think there's two um sweet emotions not on the soundtrack and there's uh there's another another one mm-hmm. um but huge i mean the soundtrack you know helped make the film and and did really well uh, financially. Mm-hmm. I mean, what two, two three, or three million copies were yeah. sold just for the soundtrack or something. And there's like two. That. There's two. There's like two volumes. Yeah. So it was a big hit. It was bringing all these classic tunes, classic rock songs together mm-hmm. on one or two discs or tapes. On Whatever two tapes. <laughs> uh, all the songs you love from the '70s on two compact discs. I got into the soundtrack in co- like after I got to college. Yeah. When I like really dove into that side of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so good, and it's. I mean, he spent. So they spent a large chunk of the budget on the music. Yeah, it was like one and a half million out of the seven million dollar budget, or something crazy. Yeah, like that's a bit. You know, that's great. A great amount of money. He would uh, battle really hard, like the the Kiss song. Cost like oh, yeah. eighty million or something. <laughs> eighty million. Eighty thousand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. I, I think Lingletter would have paid eighty million. For yeah, it. No. Yeah. Uh, but it got to such a point that um, the studio said, "All right, if you, we'll pay for this, but you got to give up your p- 
points your percentage for the soundtrack. <laughs> smart move. So and Linkletter did it. Well, no, I mean he, he lost a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he kept the integrity of his yeah. film. You know, he he was uh, really he was passionate about it. So, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, if he's giving his actors mixtapes and saying this is what your character would listen to, this guy knows how music mm-hmm. uh, factors into in a film. But how it's also part of your, you know, your development and culture and your lifestyle as mm-hmm. a teen. You know, the music is very important to tell yeah. that story. It's not, it's not supplementing. It's just, it's part of the tapestry of of your life as a. Young it's part person. of your DNA as at, at that age. You yeah. know, whatever whatever era you're in, whether it's the '80s and the '90s and yeah. uh, you know the grunge movement. Obviously, that was a huge. Yeah, uh, musical connection with people, and this was the same. This was the DNA of these characters. It was was yeah. built off the music, so yeah. he was not gonna not gonna give in. And it's a, they're great soundtracks, and um, just so so brilliant. They made two of them. Understanding how music works in the film, sort of like how Edgar Wright and the, his soundtrack for mm-hmm. Baby Driver. Just if without that music, you you don't have you have half a film. Like you, you lose half the film without. Mm-hmm. Uh, music sort of constructs that world um and i'm not i'm and i'm not really necessarily musically inclined and you know i don't buy a lot of music and never did um but i can appreciate how artists use other use music um to tell their story and i think it's like that's great Um, yeah like just even like peppering in the guardians of the galaxy with the, mm-hmm. that amazing soundtrack yeah helps make the movie too. just some just a little extra mm-hmm. it's just like culture is part of your world culture part of your, music's part of your world and, and, and there's we're not to say anything about that, that there's anything wrong with having a score but no, it, no, no. like a soundtrack is different from a score of course um and when used right when used correctly mm-hmm. with the right kind of music it really helps make a film yeah like, I mean, look at Tarantino's movies. Right. You look know, at those, them. Well, and those, I think the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, oh my God. which was really preceded by this, was, for our generation, a big influence on buying soundtracks and paying attention to music in movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pulp Fiction was, this sort of set it up, and Pulp Fiction just, you know. Knocks it down. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I mentioned earlier that this, this is in spirit, this movie is, is very similar to American Graffiti, especially, and then Fast Times. Yeah. What, I mean, what, what do you think about, about that? Do you well, agree with that? Well, I agree with that. It's, it, I mean, especially, I mean, it has the DNA of that kind of one night only, uh, one day. Although only Fast adventure. Times isn't one night, right? No. I don't think it's, it's over a few days. I guess so. But yeah. like American Graffiti. Yeah, that's one night. I think it starts at night, and then it's the next morning, and mm-hmm. then it, but it's you know it's all one thing. Yeah, twenty four um, hour period. I mean, there's something to that st- telling that story. Like most people have have a special one night, you know, sort mm-hmm. of adventure where things come together, things, uh, things things cross over and and merge, and then they split apart again mm-hmm. at the end. Um, so, and it's part of that every. Uh, it's part of that coming of age story, um, that or a way to tell that coming of age. Yeah. Thing. Um, like, you know, like modern, modern ones, like what do we like super bad, right? Super bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. All that. Um, can't hardly wait. 
Yes, which, I, my friend Joel loves Can't Hardly Wait. You know, I'm, and like so, I mean, and for me, I think Can't Hardly Wait, and like as for as far as this, is probably our generation's this. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one night. It's a cross section of everyone you knew in high school and mm-hmm. outside of high school, and it it has a it has a, a through line, but not a major plot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a, a lot of things, and I I adore that movie. I think everyone in it's hilarious. And yeah. It's, that's a lot of fun, um, but I, you know, I, I feel like this does a much better job of achieving that goal of connecting with the young audience than American Graffiti. Uh, I'm yeah. way more of a dazed and con- confused fan than American Graffiti. Like oh, I feel sure. like dazed teenagers could watch it now and still connect to it. I think teenagers watching American Graffiti, I don't think I don't think they could connect to it. Uh, I would probably agree with that. I, yeah, I think, I think there's a big difference between George Lucas, yeah, <laughs> emotionally connecting with people <laughs> with his characters versus Linkletter. Now, I will say that is definitely the most clearly the most real movie that Lucas ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those characters, I don't know. You know, Dreyfus and Ron Howard, and they're they're not like they're not likable anymore mm-hmm. when I, I watched it a few years ago and and i like these people in days and confused you know maybe because i feel like i know them mm-hmm. um and i don't get that feeling from american graffiti they're um you know american graffiti is pretty sexist and and mm-hmm. you know that doesn't age well um and maybe it's because we're closer in time period yeah i think so. you know our era is closer to much closer to uh, 76 than we were to the early 60s and um you know if you look at the generation our generation from the 70s you know people our age from the 70s probably are closer to american graffiti and don't maybe don't get uh days and confused although i would probably argue against that i think we'd have to ask i mean i'm sure there's some that get it i, th- I think there's again there's i think this isn't the same as as american graffiti it has that like that universal humanity, those moments of being a certain age at a certain time and a certain feeling comes mm-hmm. out from the people around you, your environment. So whether you, you taking context of like, you know, it being, well, they're doing the same things in graffiti though. And universal yeah. made this movie mm-hmm. because they wanted a new American graffiti. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it actually succeeds. I think in, it's in doing that and yeah, I th- I and think surpasses it, it to yeah, me. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think American Defeated goes deep enough or realistic enough. No. I, uh, I agree with you there. Um, but it does, I'm sure, for that generation too, there's like, oh, yeah, I remember something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something to it, but I think it's more of the look and the feel versus like the humanity inside. Well, and it, I mean, I bet if you ask like our parents what movie, what's the better movie? I mean, they would they would flock to American Graffiti. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. that's they recognize that. That's that that's in their DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So it is. It's generational. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I. Agree. Although I, I just I mean, like we were saying, I think Dazed has the staying power where, mm-hmm. uh, and the ability to continue connecting with an, a younger audience versus Graffiti, who that ended at a certain point. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. So I'm with you. Mm. Yeah, and Fast Times, I think also. Um, 
it's hard to I, I enjoy that movie a lot mm-hmm. I don't connect to the characters like I do with Days and Confused yeah well, this one obviously hits a lot of a lot of check box, check boxes for you I mean this checks is, a lot of boxes checks a lot of boxes and uh, but I, I don't I would think there'd be a lot of agreement if people were watching these unless they can relate specifically to some of those fast times mm-hmm. uh, folks like boy that's my brother or that's me and my best friend like mm-hmm. to a T I mean, yeah, I kind of, I think, it, again, it goes back to um, days as more of a, yeah, more something more relatable for yeah. everybody. It's a little more broad, but very a lot of things about it are specific and touch a nerve. Well, and and the, I think each director is uh, trying to achieve something different, and and Linkletter, I think, was the one who's really trying to dive the deepest with with really getting a, a sense memory and a feeling mm-hmm. rather than actually. You know, there's a plot in Fast Times, and there's, yeah. you know, like characters have an arc, and and that's more of a traditional movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a story to be told, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, graffiti is more like remember how this looked and how this. It's more just an o- yeah, it's like, like an homage to that. Yeah, or, yeah. Like Lucas to- loved car, you know, the old those old fifties and early sixties cars yeah. and you know, the, the, the diner and all everything, all yeah. the music, go music in that movie too. Yeah. You go cruising with your friends and you go around town and you, you park and you, you go to the diner, you go, you do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But how deep does it go? Yeah. So I think we're spinning around on how, around and around on how just great this movie is. For <laughs> <you>. <laughs> no other movie stands up to this movie. No, it's guys. the best of all time. Uh, so should we talk some some numbers? How did the movie do? Sure. So it shot in the summer of '92 mm-hmm. uh, in in and around Austin, like pr- basically around the area where Linkletter grew up and where a lot of these actors either also grew up or were going to school there. Some of them were from LA, but yeah, uh, it came out on September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety three. You know what that wow. means. Is that does the September twenty fourth? That's the sound? day we're putting this out today. Well, that's the day that is right now. Oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> that's yeah, right on the anniversary. Twenty fifth anniversary. Twenty five. Happy twenty five. Right. Twenty five. Yeah. Thirty five. Now twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> Happy twenty fifth birthday, dazed and confused. Your whole life is ahead of you. You did it. Yeah. Happy bronze anniversary. It's also my wife's birthday, so happy birthday to her. Oh, God. You should yeah. you should probably stop recording and go I do should, something oh, nice. Yeah, I should probably not be here. Oh, my God. Why are you in the studio? <laughs> Get out of here. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, and the, the sad thing about the movie is Universal, you know, after going through this whole battle with Linkletter, Universal just really didn't get behind it and really just dumped the theater you know dumped it into two like 214 theaters yeah. most of which were like college campuses and not major you know major theaters and in, in the big markets and yeah. uh they just wanted it to be i think they just wanted it gone wanted, yeah wanted to be done with so it made no money i mean it made back its budget i think yeah uh, maybe but uh, it, it what, what it did was just plant the seeds because it put it in the if it was going to put it anywhere it ended up putting it in the right theaters because mm-hmm. teen you know teens and college kids were the ones going to see the movie yeah. who were then going to who loved it uh, and the critics actually like Roger Ebert you know had all good things to say about it mm-hmm. um, 
but they're the ones who created a shelf life for the movie that you know when it came out on video they were the ones buying it they were the ones buying the soundtrack they're the ones who bought the dvd like me Mm -hmm. and then again on criterion collection jesus (laughs) and then uh you know, we just continue to watch it, continue to talk about it and, and appreciate the movie. So mm-hmm. in the long run, um, it was a huge success. Yeah. The after after the theater, it, mm-hmm. had, it has it has life, a staying power mm-hmm. um, and new new kids find it every year. I mean, I'm and, sure. And, and that's why I, I think on a lot of levels, this is Linkletter's masterpiece that he achieved what he wanted. You know, maybe he didn't make the money initially, but in the long run. I mean, this is the movie of his that's going to, at least to this point, that's going to have last the longest. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. This will, this will outlive us all. It, it will. <laughs> Me especially. Yeah, you don't have much time. Um, so, yeah, it only had a opening weekend. I, I have, like, less than a million, 918,000. Yeah. yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Number 14 at the box office. That weekend? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, but ultimately, I think it ended up making eight million dollars. Probably ran running for yeah. so long in those theaters. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there was a good response. I think there was a lot of repeat uh, viewings yeah. going on. You see it, and then you get oh, you got to you mm-hmm. take your friends and go see it. Um, it was it opened up against the Good Son. Remember that Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin? Culkin and Elijah yeah. Wood. Uh, the program, James Caan, oh, yeah. football movie. Oh boy, and Warlock. Oh. The Armageddon. <laughs> and that did better than that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a, so it's that a sad, a, sad weekend there. But sad uh, weekend. It, it ended up placing 121st for the year. Yep. In 93. In 93. In the long run, I think uh, people talk about Days Confused. They're not so high on Warlock, the Armageddon. Yeah, I don't think that's got the sting. <laughs> I don't think it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Uh, so you know we've already said it. The the uh, yes, I think you should rewatch this movie. I think you will continue. You know, if you especially if you have a deeper connection with it, I don't think that goes away. You know, I um right. I watch it now and I go right back to that summer of '97 with my friends. Yeah. Uh, right back to that moment and waking up after you know hungover after that all night party in the woods and. You know, after having driven around all night looking for parties and uh, waking up and watching that movie with my friends and and being in that moment, and uh, and then our lives changing immediately after, which is what's going to happen to these these characters too. Yeah, that that you really get that with the end shot where they're where they're driving off and and uh, they don't know where they're going. Right. You know. Well, lucky you for having that very unique timing for this <laughs> to, I to, to watch this again perfect time i'm sure if you watched it like you know in college on some weekend early on you'd still it still reverberate through mm-hmm. time for you but mm-hmm. uh you've got you've got that extra bit on that story to make it really uh to really take it home mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 something it's uh I, I mean the movie's really timeless while it's set in 76 it it can apply to every generation like we said the kids in 2076 will be able to relate oh yeah the kids in 1876 totally get it yeah oh <laughs> those 1876ers oh yeah you just gotta keep living man l-i-v-i-n well i've signaled 
uh, my pilot, the new pilot, to come back with the helicopter. Is it time to go? It's, yeah. I think oh, it's, my gosh. I think it's time. We, uh, we've we expressed our love for Dazed and Confused. Yes. Enough. Lots of love for I've Dazed gotta, and Confused. I've got to get in the in the chopper. Get in the chopper. Get, I'm getting to the chopper. And, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> winking at all our other episodes right. today. <laughs> Pre- Predator in the archives. Why did you say that? I got to get to the chopper they and know, get to... I got to meet up with my wife. It's her birthday. That's like the plot of Die Hard. Anything, right? <laughs> oh my God! Am I going into Die Hard? <laughs> You're gonna get. Is it? Die Hard? Is that coming soon? Uh, I don't hmm. know. I don't know. I don't know. Stay tuned. This year, Christmas, <laughs> our first year of reconsideration. I don't know how we don't do Die Hard. Maybe we just do Die Hard Five. Sure. Let's yeah. just do that. Yeah. 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 That that one is definitely a Christmas movie. Who's the Who's the star of that with Bruce Willis? What's his name? He plays his son. Oh, um, oh man, wasn't pop, he in Pop Quiz? Wet Hot. Did he show up in Wet Hot? The, the, new, the newer the one. Oh, he might have. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. he's. Uh, he does great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, guy. I forgot his name. Oh man. Uh, Jai Courtney. Jai Courtney. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. He yeah. was great in Die Hard Five. <laughs> I'm gonna let you do Die Hard Five. I'm gonna go. <laughs> To the chopper and to right. my wife's birthday I'm party. It's a, Di- it's a rager. I'm doing an episode by myself for Die Hard 5. Yeah. Uh, okay, thanks for listening, guys. We uh, yeah. I love talking about this movie. And, he does. And before I go, do do us one favor. Check us out on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Oh, yeah. Give us a rating. Uh, you know, it really helps. It gets our numbers up and gets us more exposure and and will let us do more shows, more yeah. and more shows. We appreciate it. The numbers are ticking up, but it's not enough yet. So yeah. we appreciate any little bits uh, when you're along with the along on the ride with us. Yeah. And, um, and just happy to be here with you. And you know, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, or uh, you know, check us out on Instagram. Send us some your thoughts. What do you think about Dazed and Confused? Am I crazy? Am I wrong you this could whole be crazy. time? Tell them. It's call me crazy. out. Call me out on it. You know. Come on, let's start an yeah. argument. Let's start an internet fight over this movie. <laughs> Everybody loves those. Uh, they're the best. Uh, but no, yeah, tell us what you thought and uh, and stay tuned. You know, keep listening. We've got more another episodes. show. Yeah, more episodes more. coming. We got more coming. We're getting to October. You know what that means? It's gonna get spooky, spooky and scary. We're gonna watch Halloween Four with Sasha Parker. So, so, he plays the Halloween. Sasha Jensen. Oh right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Why did I say Sasha Parker? I don't know. Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Sasha Parker Posey. Yeah. Sorry. All right. We're, I'm, I keep... Who's in... Is she one of Parker the Scream Posey's movies? Scream? Scream 3? Is she in Scream 3? No. Is she? Isn't I think she, she is. Is she in Spider-Man 3? <laughs> she's she's in Superman She's Returns. great in whatever she Whatever she, she does, she's wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, the month of horrors around the corner. We got a few <laughs> interesting movies. Uh <laughs> to cover I'm, I'm getting scared right now I'm going David wrap it up I'm going to the chopper alright John thanks so much uh, I'm Dave Munchak this has been Reconcinimation we'll see you next time bye now <laughs>